0: Somehow we've made it to episode five. We've called this one Fin-tastic because it has been a fantastic week. Well, it was anyway for the Toronto Maple Leafs. But we're talking about the Finns this week because NHL's taken a little trip over to Finland. And there happens to be two favourite Finns that we'd like to talk about. Patrick Laine and also Kaspari Kapanen.
1: We're also talking about the kind of murky waters or... Money land that the NHL has gone into with the new gambling deal, as well. We talk to Jonathan, who's a Winnipeg Jets fan, and that is going to be a huge part of this podcast. Just looking at two really, really exciting teams with the Leafs and the Jets after their matchup in their home and home series last weekend.
0: Well, it's East versus West. And of course, we've got a little bit more trivia for you as we delve into our record box and pull out a few classic, classic hockey songs to surprise you with throughout this episode.
1: If you like this podcast, it'd be great if you'd hit subscribe. Then you get the podcast every single Thursday. And thank you for downloading it so far. second
0: period ah uh, the hockey song well we do love a bit of uh stomping toms and it was great to see such an iconic anthem known as the hockey song uh, is now being put in the canadian songwriters hall of fame not even just a hockey hall of fame but a canadian songwriters hall of fame and it seems so apt that even though we happen to support this crazy sport that is known as ice hockey, thousands and thousands of miles away. That the words just fit so right.
1: It's my favourite bit about going to watch a hockey game live. I don't know if all teams do it, but the Maple Leafs play it and have the kind of up on the big jumbotron with the lyrics and everyone sings along and dances along. And ah, oh, it's brilliant. It's just one of those songs that whenever I hear it, it takes me straight back to being ringside.
0: so we um, we're going to talk Jets this uh, week but I just wanted to pick up on a a couple of things that we talked about last week Jolon do you remember we were talking about the (sighs) Chicago Blackhawks uh, goalie when the situation came up uh, that they their backup goalie had gone, and yes. their main goalie had gone, and then in the news this week it was announced his name was Scott Foster, yeah, who by day works, uh, you know, as a normal office worker, or... yeah, he was
1: like an accountant or something, wasn't yeah, or something like that.
0: and it said that he was back training with Chicago Blackhawks.
1: <laughs> Maybe they
0: heard the podcast. Maybe that's what <laughs> it was.
1: Yeah, or they're very short on goal. Goldie depth at the moment which is more likely and they need something um yeah it was an incredible story where he got he got the win didn't he i mean he got the win last year i mean and he, he didn't face that many shots but he did save a few shots it did spark um one of the subjects that we spoke about last week was would you do that would you kind of be a designated volunteer to be that third goalie to turn up at every game home game just sit and watch your team i know that you're probably never going to have to play but there is a slight chance that you might i reckon that i'd do it i mean leafs tickets are extremely expensive so it would be a very (laughs) easy way of seeing all 40 whatever home games but a couple of people i spoke to said no not a chance would they do it no chance and then they started you know Giving me the stats of how fast the puck goes and you know showing me some goaltender injuries and things like that and I'll, yeah okay i can see where they're coming from
0: <laughs> well the other thing that we also talked about uh was dallas stars last week and we got a message from jeff baker um who actually said uh, matt day was the name of our guest Uh, Last week, who's a diehard Dallas fan. He waited 20 years um, before he even went to see the team in person. He would watched them on telly for 20 years. And uh, it was really good to see a guy called Jeff from Dallas send us a message uh, offering him free tickets. (laughs) Apparently, Jeff, who lives in Dallas, has been a Liverpool fan since 1992. Um, and had never seen an EPL match live. So he sympathised with Matt. So it's nice to know that there's that mutual understanding and we're connecting people.
1: Yeah, this is great. And as I said, like if any Leafs fans out there are listening to this and fancy <laughs> doing making the same offer, then I'm coming to Toronto in March. So that would be great.
0: <laughs> the other thing that we were also talking about was how Pantera were connected with Dallas Stars. Yeah, yeah. And so I thought there's gotta be some some other bands out there um, that are connected I'm just going to go through um our twitter page which um we do occasionally put uh, some bizarre comments and questions on there you can follow us at, at nhl fans from afar um but we were looking at other people um who have been connected i'm just going to find the list so it was pantera who mm. um so the
1: dallas stars yeah. band or created a song for their which they play in the dressing room beforehand i mean it's not my kind of music but i can understand how it gets a crowd pumped
0: Metallica apparently, or certain members, are San Jose Sharks fans. Okay. <laughs> this is what someone said. I cannot, right. I cannot. You know, I mean, hey, we
1: don't need to fact check these. Just say.
0: <laughs> well, you know, could you? I mean, why not? Just why not? It. Apparently, it was Vinnie Paul, Pantera's drummer. Um, who was the absolute massive Dallas Stars fan, and in so much that when they won the Stanley Cup, they all had a pool party mm. at Vinnie Paul's place, and he actually uh, the Stanley Cup dropped in uh, into his pool. <laughs> now, how many people can say that they've had the Stanley Cup in their pool in their back? Garden? That's pretty
1: cool. I remember seeing last year in the Stanley Cup final. I remember Imagine Dragons did a uh, a live performance at Vegas. Now, I don't know if they're Vegas fans, but they were all wearing Vegas jerseys. I do remember that. And they did uh, a track before the game, which was pretty cool.
0: Wow. Gosh. Well, we'll we want to keep finding out all these bizarre little facts and tidbits. And um, it leads me quite nicely into um, the Winnipeg Jets, uh, because delighted to uh, in, you know have on board with us our guest uh, host of, of the week for NHL fans from afar is Jonathan Fernley. Uh, hi Jonathan, you're in the,
2: in the glorious place that is known as Hull, aren't you? I am, yes, and very much enjoying my half term off from maths teaching. Well, hey. oh, very
1: nice, and how nice to have somebody who's not from Birmingham or from that area on the <laughs> podcast. We've been swamped with them so far on this podcast. Um, it but no, really good to have you. Change. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Good to have you, Jonathan. Now, I'll be honest, Jonathan, I was slightly concerned when Claire made this booking of having a Winnipeg Jets fan directly after we had a Leafs-Jets home-and-home series. Um, I was worried that I would not be able to stomach listening to a Jets fan going on for the next hour about how great it was to beat the Leafs twice. (laughs) Um, But I'm not going to go on about how, how... well, how the results went because they did go the Leafs way. However, I'm going to focus on a positive for both of us, which is the fact that this was an all-star Canadian matchup that picked up national attention, got shown in uh, nationally on television in the United States for the first time NBC has ever done it. There was a big focus on, of course, the whole A Matthews thing again. But most importantly, this was two Canadian teams who are going to be contending for the next few years. And isn't it great to see that that amount of attention was going on to Canadian teams?
2: You can understand Toronto having the national attention from an American market. It's a surprise for Winnipeg to be the other team in that pairing, really, mm. because it is one of the smaller markets, even within Canada. Um, Certainly across the entire NHL, it has the smallest rink. It has the least modern history. You know, there'll be people who remember the Jets from back in the day. But, you know, the one playoff appearance last season, they didn't play any real marquee matchups until um, the Vegas series and the the conference finals, because there's so many other matchups going on during the first couple of rounds that they weren't really focusing on the Jets knocking out Nashville great as it was for jets fans that wasn't the big story so i'm pleased that the you know the national media is starting to the american national media is starting to notice the jets a bit more because offensively it's an incredibly talented team that's well worth a watch and
1: i think there's a great potential for a really good rivalry between toronto and the jets over the next few years because the the needs to be that canadian rivalry and ottawa montreal although you know not have the terrible starts that everyone thought they would have. Uh, Same with Vancouver, actually, probably outperforming their expectations earlier on. There's a really nice kind of narrative with the whole Jets-Leafs thing because of the Lionel Matthews being in the same draft, because of the fact that they should be peaking, probably the Jets are a year earlier in terms of peaking their performance at the moment, but they're at a similar gradient in terms of their performances. And then there is the whole kind of Toronto's, the big... You know big sports franchise, international sports franchise, and I don't think it's any offense to say that the Winnipeg Jets are the little guys in that battle in terms of the off ice side. That's a really nice kind of narrative that can kind of go over the next couple of years, and hopefully we'll see some more big matchups
2: and also as as the Leafs wait for that cup, it's going to be even more frustrating if other Canadian teams, newer teams start <laughs> winning it before they do oh. Yeah
1: yeah, yeah no, it, it's so point. true it's so true and wouldn't it be great though i mean i'm trying to stay positive uh, about our season at the moment but wouldn't it be great that in in the next couple of years what an amazing stanley cup final would it be if winnipeg winnipeg played toronto mm. uh, that is my stanley cup i hope that when the Leafs get to the stanley cup final it's a when not an if when they get to the stanley cup final it will be the jets on the other side of that because i just love to see that game
0: Do you know, um, the last Canadian win of Stanley Cup... Jonathan, I bet you know this. Do you know what year it was? Yeah, Montreal, 93. 93. And the last All-Canadian Stanley Cup final, do you know when that was? That I don't. (laughs) 1989. It was Calgary Flames who won it, uh, and they're against Montreal Canadiens. I wasn't even
1: born. (laughs) I wasn't even born. I was one when the last one happened in 93. (laughs) And then I wasn't even born for the other one.
0: Oh, I think what we've, what's happened is the NHL's maybe taken on too many teams, these blimmin' Americans.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> and that's what's happened. Um, Jonathan, we're going to talk about your, your wider knowledge of the sport and how you've come to fall in love uh, with the sport, not just uh, NHL, but also in the UK and, and what you, how you spend your weekends. But we're also keen as part of this podcast to learn more about each other's teams i've obviously kind of been looking into a bit of the history of winnipeg jets and it's not kind of case of here's a winnipeg jets and they founded in x year and they've always been in this building and always been under this kind of franchise it's a lot more complicated than that isn't it can you just kind of give us a bit of an insight into the various um coats and names that jets have had over the years
2: well, I can only really tell you from the 2010, uh, sorry, 2011 2012 season, which is when the Jets first started back up as the new Winnipeg Jets. They had the right to that name from the old Jets organization because I was originally a Thrashers fan. So I followed the Thrashers from Atlanta to Winnipeg. So all the old stories about the Jets in the 80s and Timo Solani and the great rookie season. That's not something that's particularly familiar to me. It's only really Mm. the New Jets.
0: Well, I mean, all I am just looking here at, you know, the kind of the the basic stats, and it talks about the Winnipeg Jets uh, were one of four teams that came in in 1979, and then in '96 they moved, uh, the franchise moved to Phoenix, uh, which then became the Arizona Coyotes. So then hockey disappeared from Winnipeg, and then it came back, as you say, uh, as the Atlanta Thrashers. Uh, in 99 before then turning back to the Jets in, in 2011. So where, where, what point did you come into this and start following the Winnipeg Jets and making them your team?
2: Well, it all started when I decided that I needed an NHL team to follow. And this was 1999 and the Atlanta Thrashers were just coming into the league. And I thought, right, they can be my team. Because I didn't really have any reason to connect with any other teams. So I thought, I'll follow them from the bottom to the top. Uh, They never made the top, but they did make the move north to Winnipeg. So by default, they became my team. I I never had any real love for the original Winnipeg Jets. Um, And also, when they start talking now about Jets records, they always have to say, well, actually, this is sort of an Arizona Coyotes record (laughs) as well, because they took the Jets history with them, but they didn't take the name. So that was still there for the uh, the jets when they relocated so it's been uh well eight seasons now as uh, as a jets fan
1: i find that so strange it was something that was mentioned a lot last season in your kind of deep playoff run it was talking about i, I can't remember the stats off the top of my head but for example it was like oh this is the first time the winnipeg jets gets here but then it was like well kind of, but then there's the old Jets and they did, or, and now is it Arizona? And and it really does muddy the waters a lot as to, you know, all of these records and stats that the NHL loves and Claire loves so much um, about ice hockey. And it's yeah, it must be interesting as a fan to kind of like move your way around that when you're kind of coming out with these stats.
2: It is because there was a, you know, Kyle Connor had such a good rookie season last year. Um, you know, and did well in the, uh, the colder voting. And they were sort of comparing him to, to Mussolini's rookie year with the Jets. I thought, well, that's not the same franchise. You know, you need to be comparing it to Kovalchuk's first season and Danny Heatley's first season.
1: Yeah. Um,
2: you know, it's, it's all a bit messed up. It's not like in the NFL where they let the Cleveland Browns keep all their history. The Winnipeg Jets don't actually get to sort of keep their own history and sort of take them with them. Um, just like the Hartford Whalers' history went to to Carolina and uh, the Jets' history went down to Arizona.
1: God, if ever was a team that would like to scrap their history, it would be the Cleveland Browns, wouldn't it? (laughs) 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 If there was a team who would like to go, ah, do you know what, let's start from zero, it would be them recently.
0: I I don't know, though, because I I mean, obviously, as Leafs fans, um, I mean, the fact that Jonah wasn't even born (laughs) when there was the last canadian meetup in the stanley cup final just proves you know we don't know what that is like to be a team or part of a club that has won the stanley cup but in your history to never have a single uh, piece of silverware is that like what is that like you must hold on to every single you know high like last last year last season for instance
2: yeah if you have no history you're not weighed down by the expectations of what you used to win. Every time there's a Montreal game, it's great to look up in the banners and just remind themselves how they used to win everything all the time. It's mm. yeah. just a reminder of how they haven't done anything for 25 years. Mm. And that has an expectation which forces the fans to demand a little bit more than maybe they should. Mm. Jets fans at the moment, we're just along for the ride. They're absolutely loving it. And anything that we get is terrific. There's no expectation from me. I'm not sure about some of the fans actually across in Manitoba, but for me, I don't think this team is quite as good as last season's team. Some of the players might develop as the year goes on, but if we make another playoffs and win the first round, you know what, that's been a pretty good season again for us. So we're not constantly looking up at the banners and trying to match or outdo previous achievements. It's just, hey, we've got a team, let's support them, let's see how far they can go.
0: Well, I said, I made a cheesy link there between when we were talking about Pantera and how that sneakily took me into talking about the Jets, but I didn't explain why, because I've decided that after discovering about Dallas Stars uh, mascots, Victory E. Green, who liked one of our tweets, by the way, this week, and then also about the Pantera goal song, I thought, I'm going to go and check out Winnipeg, what songs are connected to winnipeg jets and i discovered jonathan this absolute beauty which ace burpee uh, released as part of your playoff run last year i'm going to play a bit of it because i think frankly it needs no introduction winnipeg versus everybody
1: up in your face forever, no matter the weather You're beating us never, you got a problem with the pegs? Save it, tell me, they'll be looking to the sky when we fly by While they chirping about the cold and the Wi-Fi We've heard it all before, don't even try, guy Winnipeg's still here, no, we never One die More than the old say Throw so them hands up and bounce with me Ask around and they know fake City Ask what's good and we say fake City Everybody go, just go
0: Deep we no I love that. I just, I mean, uh, the things that you discover being a fan of this sport. If I was a Winnipeg Jets fan, I mean, Peg City, that just made me laugh so much. Uh, what, were you loving that, Jonathan? Were you like up there with the Jets fans like, yeah, all right.
2: It's just so strange to hear the name Adam Lowry in a rap song. <laughs> you know, adam Lowry, blake wheeler they they just that's not that's not south central la that's not the new york hip-hop scene this is you know this is uh, this is winnipeg but somehow it it really worked and it was just the right song for the right time and, and that group of players so uh yeah it was the soundtrack to uh to a great playoff room
1: Interesting that you said earlier, just before we played that, is that you don't think that this Winnipeg Jets team is as good as last year. Now, I'm probably as clued up about the Winnipeg Jets as I'll ever be this season after watching them in two games uh, this last weekend. I, it was a very much a game of, well, it was a a game of two halves, to use a, a football cliche, because in the first game, I don't know where Winnipeg were, and it was definitely not what I expected to see from them. In the second game in Toronto, it was like, yeah, they're back. And I know the result didn't go your way, but it could very easily have gone your way. And they were back, they were physical, they were nasty, they were fast. Now, why do you think that this isn't as good a team?
2: They don't have Paul Stastny anymore, and I think that's a bigger miss than a lot of people were expecting. He really did make a difference to the team in the the stretch run, mainly because it allowed Brian Little to drop down a line. And suddenly there were three lines of scoring, not just two. And this season, without him, we look a little bit top-heavy. The top two lines look really good, but we've also struggled for goals further down defence has chipped in, um, Morrissey, Myers, True, but you know, they've been getting the goals that the lower lines haven't. And we've got enough cap space to make another deadline move. And I'm fairly sure they will do that. But they don't have a first line pick to give away. So are they going to get someone of, of Stastny's calibre again when it rolls around to, uh, to 2019? I'm really not sure. We're relying on these young players continuing to be good. And, and not levelling off. They're going to keep being good. You know, they're not going to have sophomore slumps and anything like that. But we've already seen this season that Patrick Laine is really struggling. Mm, um, yeah. I was going to say, he to he's kind one. of...
1: I don't know about him. I mean, he's, it's going to be an interesting time for him with the spotlight very much on him in Finland. Um, but I was... He really struggled. I mean, he picked a fight with a kind of Leafs fourth liner at one point during the game. And I always thought... That's, a real, that's not a good sign if you're getting that frustrated that you're, gonna, you're willing to kind of almost take a penalty for a fight or a scuffle with a fourth liner of the opposition. That's not what you want from your kind of young superstar.
2: No, it's not. And it's just a sign of the frustration that he's had some good looks at goal, but those liney lasers have just been flashing just wide rather than flashing just inside the post. Mm. It's not been, you know, it's it's small margins at this level, but it all seems to have stacked up over the course of the first uh, half dozen games or so. And, you know, Paul Maurice has decided, well, we'll move him down. And I'm, you know, it just seems that that's drawn more attention to the situation. Now he's playing in Helsinki for a couple of games. It's all eyes on him again. Um, And I think really he just needs to sort of stay out of the limelight and get a couple in somehow, some way. And I'm surely it'll all come flooding back because there's too much talent for there for this to last. Yeah, But it's, uh, it's got to be managed carefully.
0: It's interesting how uh, the big build-up that was around the NHL last week when Jets met Leafs, because it only happens twice in, in the regular season. Uh, so it was, what, the fifth and the sixth time it had ever happened that we saw two 2016 top NHL draft pick picks meet the comparison between Austin Matthews and Patrick Liney continues forever and ever. And I think I was uh, I was watching some coverage the other day when Dan Rosen, um, he's one of the guys, the NHL insiders, isn't he? And he talked about uh, how it reminded him of the debate between Sidney Crosby and Ovechkin. Um, And that debate had started, uh, you know, a decade ago. And he talked about how Crosby had always been great, but Ovechkin had always been more fun to watch. You never knew what what he was going to do, when he's going to kind of just almost unleash himself. He was quite unpredictable. And he had a real kind of bone-crunching kind of check, I think were the words that he used. And you could kind of see how people see... Uh, people were saying, well, who's, who are you more excited to watch, Matthews or Liney?" And a lot of people were saying Liney because of that unpredictability. But that doesn't always pay off, I guess, is, is what we're seeing now with the frustration of him. I mean, how do you see uh, when you get those comparisons between people like Austin Matthews to the Leafs and, and Patrick Liney? If the Jets could
2: pick first, they'd pick Matthews. <laughs> they yeah. because they took liney because he was the best player left um matthews has i i'm fairly sure will go on to have a slightly better career than Liney has but they are both top class players there's no doubt about that though the question has already been asked you know matthew's injured now you know is he getting a little bit brittle um Sorry, Matthews is injured.
1: Nobody let me know that (laughs) over the last week at all. Nobody (laughs) tweeted me and thought that uh, it would be nice to remind me of the fact of how long Matthews is out. Yeah, that's a shout out to you, Stephen, if you're listening.
2: (laughs) Yeah, so um, it was just a question of, you know, would Liney, you know, would he be able to, uh, you know, develop his game into a little bit more of an all-round game as he got more defensive talent than he showed throughout junior hockey? And I I think he will. I think possibly that move to the fourth line was a chance for him to say, look, if you're not scoring, you can contribute in other ways. Go and play some fourth line minutes, you know, maybe go and rough somebody up a little bit. And then when it's clicking, you can come back. There's no doubt that he's going to be the centrepiece of this Jets team for, you know, the remainder of his, you know, his time here, which is hopefully be, you know, at least the next four or five years of his contract, uh, Mm. you know, when he signs that extension.
0: He's... He's an interesting character, isn't he? Because um, I remember it was like back in February, he wrote an article about uh, how we'd fallen in love with Winnipeg. It's online. Go Google it if you want to have a laugh. He's written it himself. So it's in first person and he talks about, he lives with his mom, and he's like, who wouldn't, who wouldn't live with your mom? <laughs> like, you know, she does, she cooks, she does his washing and his obsession with playing Call of Duty. Um, and he was just really kind of, cheeky and sarcastic in this letter and he talked about how ovechkin was his hero growing up so whenever he used to play uh nhl on whatever playstation you know you know video thing that he used to play on he'd always want to play ovechkin and now he's playing in the same league as this guy Uh, but i also like the the banter and what was interesting in the meetups um Because he's obviously Finnish, and so is Kasperi Kapanen uh, of the Leafs. And apparently there was some quite exciting chirps going on during that first game. In fact, if I switch my computer around here... This is what in between those two games on the morning skate at the weekend, Kasperi Kappan let some reporters in on what exactly it was that Patrick Line was chirping him about during that game.
1: You know he told me to you know, go
0: get my hair cut last game, but i th- <laughs> I think you know with this style last year, I think he's the last guy
1: to go tell me to you know go cut cut any uh, you know facial hair hair on my body, so um but but yeah he's uh, it's nice to see him. I I love Kasperi Kutlin.
0: And I love everything about Chirps. I mean, if you ever want to lose many hours type in chirps nhl into youtube and you'll never come out of that rabbit hole for for hours will you firstly
1: i want to uh, apologize for something you said a few weeks ago when i said he was swedish of course he's finnish um i was getting so wrapped up in the nylander thing that i called them both swedes um he's finnish and i just want to say a very quick thing we'll go back to it in a second about Kasperi Kaplan. one thing that's being lost i think at the moment in the whole william nylander "Willie won't he sign and all of this kind of stuff is the fact that the comparisons and we talked about it earlier with uh you mentioned Lionel matthews and of crosby nhl fans and nhl media seem obsessed with trying to work out who is better like they are obsessed with it there's the recent one at the moment with crosby and mcdavid and it's like oh well is mcdavid now better than crosby and crosby comes back and scores a couple of goals and everyone's like nah 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 crosby's better and all this kind of stuff just enjoy the fact that they're both playing each other and does it really matter who is exactly better at this time when they're active players. But I think what is getting lost slightly in the William Nylander thing is that Kasperi Kapnin, whatever he does at the moment, because he's replaced Nylander temporarily at the moment for the Leafs, whatever he does is being compared to Nylander. And you know, is he, is he as good as William Nylander? And people go, no, of course he's not. We need William Nylander back and all this kind of stuff. What we should be focusing on is a young player like Kasperi Kapanen has come through the system. He was a guy that they acquired during the Phil Kessel trade, I think. And it wasn't exactly a kind of, nobody really noticed it when he came in. He's had a few years with the Marlies and looked great. He had a good year last year. And some people weren't sure whether he'd make the step up. He's now had those first line minutes with Matthews. And now it looks like he's going to be playing with Tavares as well. He's just a great all-round story that regardless of what happens when and if Nylander comes back, Kasperi Kaplan has turned into one of those players who is just so much fun to watch. Seeing that guy, he is so fast, so skillful, and he's now scoring goals as well. And if he's got that kind of personality that he can have a a dig at Patrick Lyon about his hair and all this kind of stuff, I just think he's been a great benefit. I'd say he's probably been one of the most... Uh, exciting. Under, underrated. To come
0: out. He's, a, he's an underdog, isn't he? Really? He is,
1: and he's one he's of the most exciting fast. things to have come out of the Leafs' first few games. He is the thing that has every, got every Leafs fan thinking. Well, that is a benefit. That he's also benefit.
0: saying what we're all thinking: that Patrick Lineen's beard last year oh, was, was awful.
1: It was. Ima- I, Patrick Line's beard is what I imagine Mitch Marner's beard would have look like if he'd kept it.
0: it Maybe what you could you could get an app and you could merge their <laughs> Mitch Marner's face where then you could add a Patrick Line beard just has, to see what that would look like.
1: Has anyone checked on Joe Thornton since he got rid of uh, his no, beard? Actually. I know he was, I he didn't get injured or something like that. I'm not sure if he, how much he's played. If half, it's a all story, ways, half a story there. Half a story. I know half a story, but I know you're obsessed with the fact that Joe Thornton lost his beard at the beginning of the season. I,
0: I, I love doing beard watchers. I mean, I think it's a great sport to do beard watchers. Um, so
1: i just love it with matthews that you can tell whenever he's doing promo or he's on adverts or things like that you can almost tell whether well, you could definitely tell whether he's kyle dubas matthews or lou lamorello matthews because lou lamorello matthews clean shaven kyle dubas matthews he's got a beard it's great you can you can tell at what point in the season they were due to the gm and their uh their thing on Lou
0: lamorello now he's over in islanders islanders has he put the same yeah beard ban Yeah, has he? Well, as
1: far as I'm aware, I think I remember uh, the Islanders came to Ontario and played some kind of friendly game. And I'm pretty sure people said then that there was no facial hair on show, (laughs) which is just brilliant. I mean, why why change? If you're Lou Lamorello and you've had the success you've had, hey, you're not going to change, are you?
0: Oh, dear, dear. So, Jonathan, the Western Conference Central Division that you guys are in how is it there <laughs> <laughs> no. what well, tell, tell us about you know some of the the matchups there because you have got people like Chicago Blackhawks who were doing great then they weren't doing so great Colorado Avalanche are all over the shop most seasons up down all over Good Dallas this year, Stars Good who this year, Colorado. Have, have been not that great over the past decade um and then you have got Nashville and, and St. Louis Blues who've also They've they've been pretty good starts to the season. What's kind of happening in in your division? For people who don't follow teams in that division, just kind of, what's your observation?
2: Uh, Well, early stages of the season, Jets currently a third in the West behind uh, Nashville and Colorado. Nashville have been the most consistent team, I would say, over the last couple of years. Um, And that's why I think when the Jets knocked them out last year, it was the validation that this Jets team is is a really good team and it, it you know it can compete with with the very best that the league has to offer because to go into Nashville and win not many teams have done that including the Jets this season um, so straight away that stands out as being uh, being a challenge they've got Colorado coming up after the international series and that'll be the first meeting with the avalanche this season to see mm-hmm. how they match up because it's been a you know that's been a bit more of a surprise package um, this season but Last season, the Jets' success was based on their, their home record. They're the best home record in the league. They basically just beat up on the division at home. And any team that came in, they just, just rolled all over them. There, there weren't many teams that came, into, that came into Winnipeg last year and rolled them over from the Central Division.
0: So they're bringing us up to speed. This weekend, uh, Winnipeg Jets are over in, in Finland. They've flown there as we're recording this podcast now. And they've got a few days down day, downtime to kind of adjust to the eight-hour difference or however many hours it is, I can't remember. And they're playing Florida Panthers. What is the kind of expectation around this is it a nice jolly or is it really serious business that these should be four points that you guys should walk away with
2: it's expected to be four points because two games against florida and i follow a lot of florida sports media through my uh, following of miami dolphins and uh, miami marlins american football and baseball and a lot of their broadcasters are also involved in the panthers and there's been a lot of unhappy panthers fans with how their season has started and people say oh no it's not that bad they've just been unlucky and no oh, no this game was terrible and there's just a lot of sort of infighting and no one's really very happy with how things are going in florida and two games against them on foreign soil is a great chance to catch them before they really get their season sorted out so they play uh, thursday and friday in helsinki one game is the road team uh, one game is the home team and Four points is the expected minimum because otherwise you're going to start looking up the standings and realizing there's a lot of teams above you and there's a gap. There's already a couple of teams above us, and the Jets are relying on home form. So when it comes to the playoffs, they need that home advantage. They need that top seed.
0: But are people excited about the prospect that their their team is going? You know, coming over to Europe, or, or are people? quite apprehensive and like this is just a waste of time let's just stick with where we are with there's enough travel in this game as it is without having to bother going over to Bloom in europe is there that kind of feeling about it or is there excitement
2: there's a little bit of excitement that it's something new but i think that's only because the jets haven't really been involved in any of the outdoor games yet um and so those are normally the, the big marquee fixtures that everybody looks forward to but this is just the latest in a, a series of games played outside North America. And so, oh, the Jets have been picked for someone. Hooray, we're important. Um, and so there's a little bit of a, a sense that finally we've got some, some attention. But really now it's just all about business. And these are four points that the team really needs to get. I think the Jets fans would be much more excited if they can get an outdoor game sorted.
1: Yeah, I think it's one of those things, isn't it, that for the, for the fans over there, I mean, the international series isn't going to mean that much because it's just their team that's, you know, disappearing across the, the Atlantic for a bit. But it's, for the, it's, it's that whole growing the game thing, isn't it, that Gary Bettman yeah. talks about the commissioner. In terms of Florida, I think you're right. I think this is really key time for the Jets because a frustrating couple of games um, lost recently. And yet you're coming up a team up against a team who have struggled for goaltending. My days, if you're a Florida Panthers fan, you're doing everything, but just not getting the goaltending. Losing Roberto Longo Luongo in like week one was devastating for them. James Rhymer's not stepped up to the plate, sadly, as a kind of former lease heartthrob. It's just not working for him there. And again, it just shows you without a goaltender, your season can stutter. Through and you can just not seem to get a win. I think it's going to be a huge couple of games for the Jets. And hey, if you get four points out of these two games, nobody's looking at this going, travelling to Finland was a pain. If you lose one, win one or lose two, then suddenly it's, oh, well, you know, the travel didn't help us, the whole event. It just, it's, it's always the way it goes. If you speak to the winning team of an international series, they think it's great. If you speak to the losing team, who then come back and go on a, a tough run, then they're going to say that it's it's difficult. But I think it's just something that's going to happen. And the whole international series, we've seen it with the NFL and how they've embraced it. You know, they just announced this week that there's going to be four NFL games in London next year. And I think teams are just going to have to get used to the fact that this is going to happen. And what I would be more worried about, I think if I was an NHL team, was forgetting about Europe because Europe, certainly for teams on the East Coast anyway, is only like flying over to the West Coast anyway. There's a bit more of a time difference, but in terms of the flight times, the thing that would be concerning me is this whole China thing. Like when the teams went out to, I think it was Calgary and uh, another team, in this case, Boston. Calgary and Boston went out to China for pre-season. And I don't think it's any coincidence that both those teams struggled at the beginning of the season and haven't had a great start because that not only is the time difference like crazy different, you're also going out there and it is just completely different. If you're going to Europe, I mean, it's not a million miles away from Canada and the States, but whereas if you're going out to China, they end up having some regular season games. I can see that being far more of a problem.
0: Mm, It'll be interesting. Oh, well, we'll see. I mean, we are NHL fans from afar podcast. Yeah, come so. to Britain.
1: Like, <laughs> oh, please, Manchester. Wouldn't that be great? Come to Manchester. <laughs> it's That'd the best be fantastic. thing about
2: games being played in Europe is that the Thursday game, 6pm face-off time oh, in the UK. What, what a, a luxury! Joy. What a joy. Do you,
1: guys, do you guys in Winnipeg get many early starts, afternoon games? Because the Leafs have zero of them or like one a year. Do you have many early games that actually turn out to be nice evening games for you here in the UK?
2: They occasionally get a, uh, a Saturday game. If it's the Hockey Night in Canada game, we occasionally get to like a 9pm start. Yeah. But usually it's, uh, it's, one, it's a one-in-the-morning job. Yeah, yeah. Do you and, do you do you, yeah, Sorry, do you go I'm do you go live? Do you, do you,
1: are you a live person? Are <laughs> you a follow it the next day kind of guy?
2: I am a live radio in bed kind of guy. Ah, so I tend to go to bed with the NHL app on, listening to a game, um, and I'm normally sort of going to bed about midnight. So if they're on the road on the East Coast, that's perfect. You listen to the sort of first period or two in bed, and then having already listened to the start of the game, I'll just catch up on the highlights in the morning.
0: But However. Got to say that the Jets' first two periods, nothing really happens. So you'd be (laughs) best off just listening to
2: the third period. Well, the other thing that happened the other day was, well, a couple of weeks ago, we played Edmonton and I'd I'd gone to bed early uh, because I was tired after work. And I woke up in the middle of the night, it was about 2.30. I thought, I'll see how the Jets are getting on. And it was the second intermission, we were 4-1 up on Edmonton. And the commentators were just filling the intermission with how great things had been how many more they were going to go on to score. Isn't this wonderful? Everything's (laughs) clicking, dominant home side. You know, life's just perfect. And I thought, oh, that's that's pretty good. And I I fell asleep again. Woke up in the morning, We'd lost in overtime.
0: Yeah.
2: (laughs) There is the lesson to Jets fans about being overconfident. Yes, last season was good, but there's still work to be done. I
1: think what you were saying about listening to NHL uh, radio, uh, going to bed at night that would give me nightmares like i think i think going to sleep with that like as a leafs fan or as i think a lot of franchises I think if you were lying there, going to sleep, <laughs> I don't think that would send me off to sleep. And if it did, I think I'd get some really messed up kind of... You'd you be know. like,
0: did it really happen? Yeah. I'd you'd be up, dreaming
1: your own ending. I'd wake up at like 5am the next morning in a sweat going, oh my God, Matthew's got injured in this dream. Like, Trouba came across and popped his shoulder out. It was horrible. And then I open Twitter and I'd realise it actually did happen. <laughs> I don't think that's a healthy way to watch it, Jonathan. I think you watch it the next day. I, I, I
2: often do, but sometimes, you know, if I'm going to bed and the NHL says, NHL Jets starting now, then, oh, i might as well put it on then,
0: haven't <laughs> <laughs> oh, You're brave oh, putting breath. the notifications on. Yeah. Um, well, we must mention that the way that um, we know each other, Jonathan, uh, is that you have followed elite league hockey uh, in the UK for many years, and you've been a Sheffield Steelers fan, uh, some would say for all of your sins, um, <laughs> as I uh, was a former supporter of Manchester Storm, this side of the Pennines, and you also commentate for them for their um, Sheffield Steelers TV. Um, how did you get into that and what kind of work do you have to do to kind of you know maintain that kind of it's quite a big responsibility isn't it um to make sure you know what on earth you're talking about
2: there are some people who think i don't know what i'm talking about but there you go um no i I all started when there were a few sheffield steelers fans who started doing sort of unofficial internet radio broadcasts of a couple of the games now that wasn't really a a problem by then it wasn't very well advertised the club just let them do it something to be done and there was one Steelers game that i couldn't make and i listened to it and it was rubbish and i thought these commentators don't know what they're doing you're broadcasting on the radio but i never hear any mention of the other team's players i don't know how long is left in the period you haven't even told what the score is for about 10 minutes so this is terrible and i sent him an email and basically said, look, I listen to your broadcast, and I think you can improve on this, 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 and this. And I've actually checked my email archive; I've still got that original email that I sent off. And I signed it off at the end by saying, "If you want your broadcast to be better, give me a chance. I know what I'm doing." And I didn't. I had no broadcast experience, but I know what I wanted from a from a radio hockey game. And they got back to me and sort of fobbed me off a little bit. So I sent them another one, saying, "Look, seriously, I, I'm." genuinely interested in making your program better give me a chance and they said oh go on then and so i came along and i, I did a game and they sort of thought oh, that was okay do you want to do the next game as well yeah fine i'll do the next game and then the following game came along and the person that was going to be doing it wasn't there said oh john can you do it on your own okay i'll do the whole thing on my own so i did the whole broadcast on my own and then did the whole of the following season as well. And I just thought, okay, yeah, I, I can do this. This is getting good reports. People are happy with it. Yeah, I'm I do a bit of commentary. But then and that was when webcasts go. started to come in. And yeah. so the Steelers shut it down. They didn't have their own webcast, but they didn't want people staying at home to mm. listen to yeah. a free broadcast. Then in the uh, summer of 2012, uh, I moved to Hull for my teaching. And... At the time, the whole Stingrays were a team in the Elite League. And so I thought, oh, I'll just see when they've got any games. It was the start of September, start of the school year. Oh, they've actually got a game tonight. And um, I was looking on the website for the fixtures. And I also saw they got a tab that said live stream. I thought, oh, that confused me because the whole Stingrays at the time didn't have a webcast, they didn't have a live stream. So I sent them an email saying, oh, I see you've got a live stream tab. If you're thinking about doing a live webcast, I've got some commentary experience. Um, and someone from the club emailed me back about twenty minutes later and said, "The job's yours."
0: <laughs> That's <laughs> no <right>. <laughs> way! <laughs> Did you know what I actually had a really similar experience cool. when I when I sent a message to Manchester Storm? I was like, "Hey, I've got some experience in the media world. Uh, let me know if I can help." And it was like, "Yeah, actually, do you want to do a podcast?" And then that was where it started. Sometimes mm. these the 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 league, the teams and people who are running the, the uh, clubs in the minority sports, they need all the help they can in these kind of things. And they run on the generosity of volunteers, really.
2: Yeah, it's also a value to people to just go out there and just demand some work. So many people that say, you know, I want to get a, a break in this particular uh, field of, of broadcasting or whatever it would be. Well, get in touch with someone and demand that they give you a chance because that's mm. essentially all that I did. Um, mm-hmm. And it worked, I told the Stingrays to employ me because that was good, kind of oversold how good I was. And then when the Stingrays um, were successful in, in their broadcast, Sheffield said, well, we'd like to cover a game. Can we bring across your camera crew? And I said, well, make sure you tell them that I'm doing the commentary. And so I said, okay, yes, you can do the commentary. That's fine. But just making sure that they, they picked me.
1: Mm-hmm. And so
2: when Sheffield started doing the broadcast full time, I became a part of that as well. So it was, yeah. uh, you know, the, a chance well taken.
0: And obviously Sheffield Steelers, for people who don't know about ice hockey in the UK, they are a team who have got plenty of um, flags uh, in their ceiling and plenty of silverware to polish uh, on a Sunday morning. Um, and also uh, a lot of people who love NHL will know the name Liam Kirk, of which uh, your former coach of Sheffield Steelers, Paul Thompson, uh, really wanted to, uh, to you know, have, a, have an eye for developing young talent um, and making sure that the young teenagers who were coming through the junior hockey of UK were getting the chance to be noticed. Um, I'm guessing you'll probably have done commentary when Liam Kirk uh, was making his debut for the Elite League uh, a couple of seasons ago, if I'm right in thinking.
2: Yeah, I commentated on all but one of Liam Kirk's Elite League goals. He scored one of them on the road. All the other ones have my commentary over the top of them, which meant that during the draft and before the draft and after the draft, when there was a lot of attention on him, they kept playing clips from Sheffield Steelers TV featuring my commentary. So I heard them. That's
1: so cool. I I didn't put two and two together, but yeah, of course.
2: So what I'm tempted to add to my Twitter bio is as heard on the NHL network, but I (laughs) don't think it counts.
1: No, it does. As you said, you go for it. Yeah, definitely. I'm talking about Sheffield, their arena or their setup there is incredible. I went to go and interview Liam Kirk there at the rink and the setup those guys have in Sheffield is incredible. And I compare that to some of the other rinks I've been to in this country. It's a completely different story. But on that doing commentary thing, I was invited down um, by the Oxford City Stars to do a kind of a shift doing summarizing on their uh, web stream that they do and I found it fascinating that you learn so much when you're sitting there and I wasn't commentating and I I my cap to anybody who does commentating because I think it's a it's an art form and it's one that I have never really gone into much and I'm impressed by anyone who can do it but just sitting there listening to a commentator talk about the game and seeing it in front of them it was fascinating just to see how they do that and how much I learned sitting there. And I kind of feel like I know a fair bit about hockey after watching so many games. But to sit there watching a game of ice hockey in this country with a commentator next to me, describe the action and chuck in the occasional thought that I did. I found the whole experience fascinating and it's, it made me learn so much about the game. And that was just doing one game. So let alone what you must feel after doing as many as you have.
2: Um, I'm I'm not sure of the exact number, but it's it's about three or four hundred games I've covered at this wow. point, And I'm still learning. Every commentary I do, I listen back to afterwards and think, okay, how could I have improved that? What was what was good about it? What was what was not so good? Mm-hmm. And every time I listen to an NHL game, I'm either listening to the commentary and picking up words and phrasing, oh, that was a good descriptive term. Oh, I like the way that was phrased, or I'm muting it and trying to do my own commentary over the top which is really good to do when you don't know who any of the players are because (laughs) my commentary position in Sheffield at the moment we commentate from the back row of the building behind the goal so when the player's at the far end I'm 300 feet away Mm. and you genuinely don't always know who those players are you know you have to look at their their
0: hats don't you their hats and their The the size of them and their positions, don't you? You start to kind of almost nerd out on those kind of
2: things. Yeah, you can tell. By the end of the season, I will have recognised all of the Sheffield Steelers' rosters just by the way they skate out of their own zone. (laughs) Because that's all you can tell when they're coming towards you. There's no number visible, and they're so far away. So that's what you you learn to rely on. So watching NHL games sometimes, with players that I don't know, can I commentate on this without mentioning a player's name for 30 seconds? And Mm. it's a good little piece of practice. The
0: other
2: thing thing that's good is to practice on is because in the Elite League, there are two teams this year who have yellow numbers on white shirts, which are almost invisible. So you can't see the numbers anyway. (laughs) So (laughs) it's it's, it's a good little bit of practice to commentate when you don't know who anybody is.
0: Nice. Well, the... The thing that I'd also like to talk about uh, with you, Jonathan, and it's been a big announcement um, this week in the NHL, and we'll tap into how this is working elsewhere in Europe already when it comes to football. We know that there is uh, a big community that likes to uh, place a bet uh, for people who watch Elite League ice hockey. Uh, But let's just um, remind ourselves of the announcement that came through earlier this week, Uh, from the NHL commissioner, Gary Bettman. And he was talking about uh, the partnership uh, that they've announced uh, as part of sports betting. Uh,
2: We are here to make an announcement that is both exciting and groundbreaking for our league. I am delighted to let you know that the National Hockey League has entered into our first league-wide sports betting partnership. And we've done so with a company that in many ways is already part of the NHL family. Today, the NHL and MGM are proud to announce that we've entered into a multi-year partnership that designates MGM as an official gaming partner of the NHL, as well as an official resort destination of the NHL.
0: Well, it does seem slightly ironic that a man who is called Gary Bettman, who was previously (laughs) opposed... Uh, to such agreements has now, uh, you know, led the way in NHL uh, making this partnership. So we saw for people who are just catching up with this, uh, there were some big changes in laws uh, through the Supreme Courts in May. Uh, the NBA were the first of the Big Four uh, sports to sign up in August, and now we're seeing in October, uh, November, NHL. Is, um, is following through that. They say that they're, they're moving with the times um, and they, MGM say they want to develop closer relationships with fans so that they visit their resorts. You can see how there can be a little bit of scepticism they want, to
1: make,
0: this, they want to make money it's very emotive language isn't it a strategic alliance <laughs> you know mgm say we we already have a love affair with the nfl <sighs> with the nhl not the nfl <laughs> yeah, um, they
1: may as well have done that
0: <laughs> but the the big thing that they are i think are looking at and it's interesting that north america is is only kind of really starting to move forwards on this when you look at sport in europe Particularly in football, this idea of in-game betting, and particularly, I think they call it the micro transactions. So when you kind of a specific play or combination, and you might just throw a cheeky one pound or two pounds. Each transaction, the you know the the league could get somewhere up to one percent of each transaction. So the small transactions are massive, and if they're going to have things like you know the i don't know it just it just is it opens up a can of worms doesn't it but interesting that they're they're doing it and and how they move forward
1: a lot of the a lot of the chatter uh since that it was announced has been well you know the the this will real test the integrity of the nhl players and you know will you end up you know will there be a story in five years time about how player x has you know thrown a couple of face-offs to you know and all this kind of stuff i mean yeah might happen but this is, you know, so far behind so many other pro sports. And if you look at a lot of the gambling uh, or fixing things that have gone on in sports, it's normally been at the lower levels. It's very rarely right at the top. Now, of course, there are examples in cricket in this uh, in cricket, also in um, tennis and things like that. There have been high-profile examples, but most of the time, it is in those lower. Tears, I mean, these NHL players are making a lot of money, okay, so they're not exactly going to be sure. And for the risk that this would take, I, it would surprise me if this happens. What I think is really interesting, and there's the whole thing that you just said there about how the, the you know the betting company loves the NFL and nhl car, I've just done the same thing with oh, the NHL, you um. I think the really interesting thing, and I thought this was the thing that you were going to pick up as a as a stats fan or stats man, as you called yourself last. Uh, stats Stat man. Yeah, it's a play on
0: Scat man. <laughs> were well, you not born when that came out? No, no, either. no, I
1: wasn't. No, I have no oh, idea what they we were talking about. I googled it afterwards because that's what <laughs> we millennials do. Hey, um, am a I'm, I'm even, Am I a millennial? I don't even. Know
0: I'm what a millennial. Just. Is. I
1: don't feel like
0: calm a down.
1: Um, but what I thought you were going to pick up on, it which is really interesting to me, is that all of this new data right about NHL games is going to come out and be available for the public to view and also these betting companies to view. This is something that the NHL is trying this year and they're testing the water with in-play tracking of the puck and all this kind of stuff. And there's talk of players are going to wear chips. um, But I
0: would assume they already do this.
1: Well, yeah, but it's not publicly available and it's Uh, not released. So the teams have this data and the teams are able to monitor it, Mm. but we can't as fans and as betting companies can't. So this is one of the side products of this gambling deal that might actually be quite interesting as fans. We will be able to follow far more about different plays and players and teams than we might have been able to have done in previous years.
0: That sounds beautiful to
1: you i i couldn't believe that this wasn't the thing that you mentioned i, <laughs> I thought this would be the top of the podcast i
0: had I had, data, <laughs> I had data down as to mention but the thing that i was trying to work out was there we're talking about how um financially and maybe jonathan you know a little bit more about this in terms of open opening up the earning potentials for players and releasing some of that pressure around the salary cap um, I don't know how up to speed you are with that. I wasn't quite sure what I how... I couldn't join up all the dots of how exactly that would work for individual players. It just means the teams get more money so they have more to spend, basically, and they can raise the salary cap because the league is bringing in more money. Is it as simple as that?
2: If the salary cap is set on a percentage of revenue, then when revenue goes up, the salary cap goes up. Right. So the players will benefit from more money coming into the league and the clubs as a whole. I think it's the sort of, I don't necessarily think it's a step forward as you described it, cause I'm not sure getting involved with betting is a great route to be going down. Um, because it's, it's as a bit of fun once in a while. It's a great thing, but encouraging actively people to, Hey, put your money on this. I, there's something that's morally not great about it mm. but there's so much money that's bet in north america even though betting is illegal yeah if you just at least legalize the betting that's one thing but actively encouraging fans to bet i think is going down a dodgy road and it's I... taken football to a place that they probably wish they hadn't gone
1: I, I kind of agree with you on that, Jonathan. I was at um, a, a championship game um, for the football the other day and I was, I was watching it. And it just struck me about how many betting ads that I was witnessing. And I support a team that have got a betting company on their shirt. In fact, both teams had the same betting company on their shirts. The the hoardings all around the ground were, I would go 50-50 between other, other things and the other 50% were betting companies and also fans the amount of fans i see um watching this championship team who are on their phones in play betting on dodgy 3g which it is at a football game when everybody's trying to use the internet at the same time and getting annoyed by the fact that you know they can't cash out at a particular time because the internet's not good and all of this kind of stuff and people say how it enhances their 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 sports viewing I'm almost of a tendency to go the opposite on that, that I think it can actually have the complete opposite effect. I think you can end up trying, willing for odd narratives that no one else in the ground cares about other than you. And you end up saying, you know, I've heard fans cheering team scoring, but then, you know, they've been 3-0 up and they've not wanted their team to score another one because they've got a tenor on a 3-0 win. Like, this is just <laughs> ridiculous. Like, put your phone down and just enjoy the spectacle in front. You've already spent... £30 on the game itself to go and watch it. Why then do you need to chuck another 20 or 30 quid onto something that we all know who wins out of these? And it's the betting companies. They're always going to take home more. And I, I, I agree with you in the sense of, I'm not necessarily sure it's a partnership that I think is healthy. And I, don't, I think it's kind of the thing that once you, once you start it, you can't stop it. And football is a great example of that. However, you know do I kind of feel negatively about the NHL getting on board with this? No, because everyone else is doing it. I don't see why NHL or the, the hockey league should kind of stand out. They never were going to. And if it means there are, it's a higher salary cap, then, you know, it's probably a good thing, isn't it?
2: Yeah. Here's a question for you then. Mm-hmm. Would you say that the NHL exists in order to make money or makes money so that it can exist? It depends who you ask.
1: I
0: think. Do you know, that is an interesting question, because when I was, uh, I went and watched a few uh, YouTube vids about what it had been like, a reaction to the NBA um, going into a very similar deal. I think it was $25 million for three years in the NBA. And they talked about how the NBA commissioner, Adam Silver, was very forward thinking. He'd been at the role for 10 years, but they were constantly looking for new ways to monetize. And this was a major step for them in making money. So it does make you wonder whether there's pressure on gary bettman to also be quite forward thinking i mean is there there other? this isn't
1: forward thinking though is it telly
0: telly deals is obviously the big one where make people make a, a lot of money and these leagues make a lot of money and nhl has that absolutely nailed down doesn't it
1: well yeah it does and you know like all sport you know sport is sport is one of the only things that we can watch on TV that is truly unpredictable. Like there is just this wonderful thing that sport has that of, of its live nature, it's unpredictable and fans will want to watch it constantly because it's constantly something that changes in answer to your question, question, Jonathan, I think it's purely depends who you ask. I mean, if you ask me as a fan of the NHL, the only thing I care about is watching good hockey. Obviously it needs to make money to pay the players and, I understand that that has to happen so that we can have the hockey that I watch. But for me, it's the product first. I'm sure if you go to Gary Bettman's office, I'm pretty sure that he would would think that he doesn't get to watch much hockey and enjoy much hockey anymore because he has got to think the other way around and he's got to think about how to monetize it. And there will be owners and GMs and all of these guys who are looking at how to make those dollars. But I just think for fans you you've just got to make sure that that money-making and this is Gary Bettman's job that money-making isn't to the detriment of the sport and it doesn't ruin the sport and I think you can do that in so many different ways that it's such a fine line that you've got to tread as a, a commissioner of the NHL on things like this and you've just got to keep that that, that intact, but I, I also think that hockey players are generally underpaid. If you look at the, compare them to other North really? American sports, yeah. If you compare them to yeah, other but North it's American sports, just
0: not just gone mental. Well, and NBA is but NBA as well
1: though. I th- what do you get? What's the
0: the the best paid NBA person right now? I don't now?
1: know would well, be LeBron
0: James, oh, wouldn't it? You know what? I'll bring this up with Stephen in a couple of weeks. Who's yeah going to sit when you're on holiday because he covers NBA and.
1: But I'm pretty sure things. that. They are generally some of the lowest-paid, you know, sportsmen for the kind of the high-profile, particularly in America, because it's you know what the fourth sport. But so anything that gives those players more money, like I'd love to see Connor McDavid earning, you know, way more than he is. I'd like to see Austin Matthews earning way more than he is, and those that money should be going to players, but. I, I just don't see this as a massively forward-thinking move by the NHL. I think it's just a kind of well, you know, that law changed in America. Interestingly, not in Canada though. So the law hasn't changed in Canada on in-play sports betting. No. Um, so but that's what... going to be an interesting relationship as to how that works. Yeah, different uh, laws in different
0: two... countries. But it it has also um, opened up the flexibility that if teams want yeah. to get sponsorship deals with betting companies for their own club that they can yeah which you know just looking at a stat here on bbc sport that came out in september uh a third of uh, shirt sponsors in the premier league uh have been gambling companies in the past 10 seasons so the money's there
1: yeah people
0: go for it yeah i uh, yeah we'd like your thoughts obviously just drop us an email if, if you're listening to this and you've been reading up on it and uh, you've got a few thoughts as to where is this going? Are you concerned? Or are you like, look, we've got to get on with it. Let's, let's move with the times. And uh, this is the way that the world of sport is going. Let us know. from afar at gmail.com. Um, I'll never
1: bet on the Leafs by the way because I could never pre- you can never predict. Could you ever predict that they'd beat Winnipeg twice and then go and lose to Calgary yeah. at home? You never you never <laughs> You'd be I crazy. think the
0: idea though is that I think I probably bet on my team to lose and then yep. you make money uh, <laughs> yeah. if, if they lose which go is back okay. to,
1: go back to my previous point if yeah. you end up sitting there going go on go on Calgary go on get another yeah. one get another it's one terrible That's ridiculous. isn't it ridiculous. I
0: know some people have made some decent money and, and in, in the elite league uh, a lot of people use I mean most most sports fans will use the app Flash Scores won't they or whatever it's called these days um, and there you're able to do in-game betting in fact yeah. you get a few of the different betting companies to choose and i know a lot of time when i was following elite league a lot of my mates were there doing in-game bets mm-hmm. uh, and before as well you know it was, it was a big thing and actually when i was interviewing some of the players who were come into play in the elite league they were also putting bets on their you know their teams you know <laughs> in various different places yeah. so you know it's it's interesting i don't have any money i mean i'm the type of person who when the national lottery went from a pound to two (laughs) pounds i was like oh that's too much for me it's too much
2: yeah well the The mathematician in me can tell you that it became a lot worse of a deal to play the national lottery when the price (laughs)
0: Other lotteries are available um we need to kind of round up this uh Jonathan, we're going to ask you for your predictions, but also I know that apparently there is another Winnipeg uh, Jets song that we need to play. So we're going to finish uh, your section with that, if that's okay. But just fill us in, what are your hopes as a Jets fan uh, for this season?
2: My hopes as a Jets fan this season is that we are able to play the season largely injury-free, which so far this year hasn't been too bad. Because, again, all our talent is forward-wise located in those top two lines. If Bufflin goes down for any extensive period, that takes a big hit at both ends of the ice as well. I like the look of Brossoir, the new backup, but it's all about Hellebuck again. So any of those getting hurt and this season is going to be... There's no way it could reach the heights of last season. If they get into the playoffs and win a round, I'll take that.
0: That's very realistic. Really? Wow. Would
1: you Would you honestly? I, that fascinates me. So as yeah, a as a fan who got through as far as you did last year, and arguably if you'd had a better game against Vegas, you could have won the Stanley Cup last year, you would take round two.
2: I don't think we're that good. I, don't, I think we're good. I think we're one of the best eight teams in the league. Yeah. But I don't really think we're the best one, which a lot of people have us down as being, simply because... Uh, at the moment, we're a couple of players short. Whether they will bring in another player like they brought in Stasny, that will make a difference. Maybe then I will change my mind. But at the moment, there's not enough there because isn't it? Yes, isn't it nice? See-
1: I was just going to say, isn't it nice hearing a level-headed fan who's being realistic? Like, how <laughs> rare is that as a thing? Wow, I'm yeah, impressed. I mean,
2: last season, we got a great season out of Liney. Wheeler made a jump. Shifley continued his improvement. At some point those players are going to level off, aren't they? They don't keep getting better forever. And I know there's some young talent there, but young talent doesn't always keep getting better year on year on year. So I think it needs that experienced player coming in like Stastny to just steady the ship and, and see us through. And until we get that, my expectations are a little lower.
1: And what's, uh, sorry, what was your prediction as well for the for the year? Who do you think will be in the, the your Stanley Cup final this year?
2: Um... You know what? I do actually think it'll be the leafs. I really do, Um, from that side. And I think it'll be the sharks from the west.
1: Oh, my heart just skipped a beat then. Yeah. Oh, Jonathan, music to me (laughs) is. Well, I hope you're right. I hope you're right. Uh, That's great. Well, you're uh, so far one of my favorite predictions that we've had so far.
0: Well, Jonathan, why don't you uh, finish off by introducing the song which you would like uh, and you feel is a better representation as a Winnipeg Jets fan uh, for flying the flag for your team?
2: OK, if you want to get this queued up on, uh, on YouTube, it's readily available. Yep. Um, it's a song, well, we know uh, You Ain't Seen Nothing Yet by Batman Turner Overdrive. Well, there was a Winnipeg Jets version of that which was uh produced uh for Alexei Zamnov. Um he's one hot Russian jet. So if we search for one hot Russian jet, you'll uh you'll get to oh, interesting that. Interesting what you might get up there as well. <laughs> yeah, make sure you put the word I, jet.
1: I was gonna say, yeah, don't put that into
2: Google without the word jet. <laughs> Jonathan it's
0: been great to have you uh, on on our podcast thank you so much for filling us in about life on the Western Conference and your division and uh, as we always say we wish you the best of luck this season but not too much
1: well it's fine now we can wish him as much luck as we want Leafs won't play him again until uh, well who knows maybe in the Stanley Cup final Jonathan maybe in the Stanley fingers
2: Cup fingers crossed final. eh fingers crossed I up with the he just the away He left me looking silly
1: But I don't like to look that way I saw that all his moves were good moves Then the puck went in the net Oh, no I hung my head and hit
2: the bench And said, that's one hot Russian jet Alexa, is one hot Russian jet well, Joe cracking
0: little track that. I quite like that uh, Winnipeg
1: jet I'm piece. enjoying the fact that we're getting all of these different tracks on. We had Pantera last week with the Dallas Stars. We've got a bit of that from Winnipeg this, uh, this week. Where are we going next week again? Uh,
0: we're going Detroit Red Wings. Oh,
1: well, I mean, we shouldn't have any problem finding some music from Detroit, should we really? There should be loads of it. I went to Detroit last year and... The place is just full of music and hockey.
0: Hey, and they are the American team that have the most number of Stanley Cups. So we've got a fair bit of history to talk about.
1: Yeah, they have. Although this year, it's going to be a struggle. Uh, We'll talk more about that um uh next week on the podcast but thank you very much for listening it would be great if you've enjoyed this podcast it would be great if you would hit subscribe on it then you will get um the podcast every single week on whatever podcast device or app you use um, and then we'll be back next week talking to a Detroit fan
0: of course uh, quick mention we forgot that Jonathan does his own podcast called hockey hockey hypothetical which is all about the bizarre make-believe scenarios, such as what would happen if the ice rink was twice the size
1: or the Leafs won a cup
0: (laughs) exactly so you can catch his uh, podcast as well Uh, he's on all the various platforms but we want to hear from you if you are an NHL fan from afar drop us an email nhlfansfromafar at gmail.com And at Twitter as well.
1: And I had some very exciting news uh, a couple of weeks ago that I forgot to mention on the podcast. So it was my birthday, which we mentioned how our birthdays are very similar. Mm -hmm. So what did my girlfriend get me for my birthday this year? She got me tickets to go to Washington Capitals versus New Jersey Devils in Washington when we go there. So I am going to be sitting a few rows back from the front of ringside on the corner watching Ovi line up those slap shots. And that is one of those things. Ticked off the bucket list when I head to Washington uh, in a few weeks' time.
0: Oh, crack it. If you're off to see a game uh, in the next few weeks, get in touch. And we're still hunting down a Florida Panthers fan. Look, we know it's not the best start to <laughs> yeah, season. But hiding. we'd love to hear from you, particularly with this uh, little trip over to Helsinki. In the meantime, have a cracking week. We'll be back next week.